0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beyond Trek Podcast. We have a very special episode today, if you can't tell by the video grid. Uh, Noah AK is in the house. Thank you for being here, Noah.
1: Thank you for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Forgive the mess over here. I didn't even try to clean it up. Usually, my screen's (laughs) like this big, so you can only see the good stuff. But you know what? It's unfiltered here, baby. Anything (laughs) goes.
2: It's your house, you know? I hide the
1: mess behind (laughs) the green screen. But yeah you you three are smart is. to set up a grease yeah I just I just
2: you want to see what's behind part. here yeah
1: <laughs> I like what's behind there right now man I'm looking good I'm looking very good. yeah I
2: was trying to find a very a strong good
3: chin there. very good
1: yeah. jawline. Yeah. I know I need to get I need to get the surgery so I, I actually look like that mask I
0: think make <laughs> oh that would be badass pull a full walk, Robert walk Downey Jr. from it. Tropic Thunder yeah there you go oh yes <laughs> um and you know my esteemed co-hosts Renzo and Big J. Today we're here to talk about one big thing, but first I have a I have a big question for Noah. Uh Noah, the audience wants to know. I don't know how long ago this happened, but you were playing a game on Twitch and then uh Mary told you that you had to to kill a bug. How big was <laughs> that bug? So we
1: live sort of near a, uh, we're in Brooklyn, but we're in a very, um, humid part of Brooklyn, a, a damp part of Brooklyn where we live above a, like a sort of not completely derelict basement, but like a basement where somebody has been like putting the leftover stuff from every project they've been doing since like 1965. Uh-huh. And there's like a thick layer of dust. And what happens is in the, in the humid, in the humid times, the bugs, particularly the house centipedes that sort of spawn and live below, yeah. catching all the bugs and spiders and everything, they sort of are attracted by this, our cool air conditioned room. So they crawl up the side of the walls and then I think they make their way through the space. Parts of our walls aren't properly cocked because our floor sort of wobbles. You can see mm-hmm. we're the, the high life out here in New York. Um, so they just <laughs> crawl up through the wall there um so we have some truly massive massive house centipedes i was thinking today i don't think that was the biggest one i've seen that one was mm-hmm. probably it was like the size of a a small pickle like all the way around probably like that big. oh man but i've seen ones that are like a tr- like a cookie you know like a yeah. full-on wow cookie and are i just t- get it tasted like it, wow. <laughs> it, tasted like it. I mean, we got the good them. news is that they kill other bugs, you know, yeah. so, so that's yeah. good, but they still are freaky as hell, and, uh, and they're fast too, that's the worst part. Why do they have to be so fast?
0: Too many
3: legs, <laughs> too many
0: legs. I have an agreement with them. If I can't see you, you get to live. <laughs>
1: yes, that's. I think so, and if you show your face- Yeah, it's I'm, over.
0: I'm murking you, that's I'm, it. You know, they,
1: stay you
2: know, hidden, you're fine. Our
1: walls are all white. I think the way their eyes look, they can only see in front of them. So the good news is, if you sort of come directly at them on the wall, you, they're not—they're not, they're not going to scurry away. They're not as smart as cockroaches and stuff like that.
0: I, I, I dread turning on the lights in my kitchen in a hot evening. Just be like, click, scare. No, no, we just don't go into the kitchen after dark. It's fine. And I'm—I'm I'm
2: of the type that I—I um, I don't kill spiders, uh, things like that, unless I have to. And, you know, my, uh, my daughter, little one, daughter and my uh, youngest son, they don't like bugs just like, like anything else. And they see them say, Daddy, Daddy, kill, it, kill it. I said, Well, I'm not gonna kill it, because they are getting rid of the, the other ones, you know, instead of you not having a spider, you may have a fly flying around. And bothering you. The way I look at it is, the spider is not bothering you. It's doing its thing, taking care of whatever. So we have no beef with the spiders and some of those bugs. So you know, I'd let them. I let them live. Now I'll check, see what kind it is. You know, if it's some like brown recluse or black widow. Yeah, yeah, you're you're done. You get smoked. But. You know, it's what are the odds, will, though, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, the bag, it's kind of the it's the frog on the alligator. You, you know, it's or no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was the
0: if I kill all the spiders, the bugs come back. So
2: was it the scorpion on the? Yeah, the, the scorpion's a scorpion is metaphor. You know, yeah.
1: Big J, you're yeah. you're way more uh, uh, Starfleet material than me because I'm here to kill, man. <laughs>
0: I don't care what. It is. All right, doing <laughs> So, my, so, not even so Noah and I are Starship Troopers over here. I go along as well,
3: but for a different reason. I don't care about them. I don't care about them. They don't bug me. But the puppy hates them. The puppy sees a bug and he fixates and barks at them at the wall. And just to get him to shut up, smush goes the bug. Because otherwise, the dog is just gonna fixate and follow it around barking at it.
0: Makes sense to me. Well, let's get to the meat of why we're all really here today, Uh, Noah. About six weeks ago, I pinged you on Twitter because you had uh, you'd been talking about. Losing your nerd card, I guess.
1: Uh,
0: you uh, you thought you were going to get kicked out of the Q Continuum because you hadn't seen any of the animated series. And so I was like, truly, hey.
1: truly a terrible confession that I felt compelled to make on the internet. I don't know why, but I just felt like it was time to come clean. It would have be, been weighing heavy
0: on my conscience. As, as it has all of us. As soon as I yes, brought I'm it to sure Big J and Renzo, we were like, we have to do this. You guys were pissed. Yeah, you guys were really <laughs> we pissed off. We can help.
1: We can help. You, yeah, you guys didn't see the beginning of the, the Zoom meeting, but they were just screaming at me for like 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. It was intense. <laughs> Would
0: you, very true. Ah, mm. Uh, Extended edition, what? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I invited you to watch uh, a couple of episodes and give us some feedback on what you thought. Now, some real thought went into these episodes because um, we took into account some things that you have done according to Wikipedia, and we felt that... um, Two episodes because we were like, "What's going to be like the worst and the best?" Two episodes that also heavily featured Spock, the character that you once auditioned for, and uh, so those two episodes were "The Infant Vulcan," written by Walter Koenig, and "Yesteryear," written by D.C. Fontana. Um, so you watch those today. I watched them today. You know I thought
1: the especially "Yesteryear." We've got major Andorian presence. We've got D.C. Fontana the the queen originator of the Andorians. So I was in Andorian heaven on that one. I don't know what what was wrong with their coloring, the, the gray
3: coloring, it
1: was very strange. Um. You have a factory. There's there's an
3: exploration for this one, yeah. Hell
1: yeah, I knew one of you guys would have a. (laughs) So,
3: the guy who was doing the inking on the original, like, cells was colorblind. He didn't realize that he wasn't inking them in blue.
2: No.
1: So he ended up gray
3: as a result. That is the actual explanation for it.
1: That is a wild job to have, to be a color grader and be colorblind. That feels like a Mr. Magoo thing.
2: Yeah, you'd think that would be a question that would come up during the interview, or something.
3: Hmm. So so the explanation for this in canon has been, at very least, that uh, Thalen was at least partially Anar. So, like the mm. Anar from, from Enterprise, he oh can be pale. Oh my
1: god, that's like, right. that, that retcon is like such heavy lifting, it's making me feel sick. <laughs> here. Oh my that, god. That's what we
2: do. We, we retcon to, <laughs> there are times I've seen retcons that are like, the, the gymnastics that had to happen for this retcon is Insane. I mean, we let talking... to talk about some
3: discovery retcons too, right?
2: Yeah, we're talking Mary Lou Red mystery insane. sister.
3: Let's not talk about <laughs> it. <How> about
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> I love how everybody gets so obsessed with retcons, and the truth is, he was colorblind. That's the retcon. Yeah. That's what I love the most. Is yeah. like, there you go? Oh yeah. god, we
0: we gotta find a retcon. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> we, god. And we need to make it make but, sense. Yeah, I just pencil. It's Give amazing. me my cannon. I love it. I love it. Uh, do you have a cannon, Canon? Arm the cannon. Cannon fire the cannon. Torpedoes. <laughs> uh, so yesteryear, um, that was one of my personal favorites. And Renzo, I know you had segments on that, and I wanna I wanna hold that discussion to the other half to talk about the the one that I thought was really funny, the Infinite Vulcan, uh, where the Enterprise crew goes and visits a land of sentient plants, and then makes a fifty foot Spock. Whose body we get to see dead in lower deck season two
3: canon baby it's amazing hell yeah (laughs) you gotta love that continuity right
1: (laughs) (laughs) only mike mcmahon could make it happen amazing yeah he
0: could what'd What'd you think of that episode
1: i loved it i mean i love both of these i think they're so much fun I love that they just get straight to the point. You know, it's like, there's literally no preamble. It's like, we're here, here's the mystery. Uh, And there's absolutely no B plot whatsoever.
2: Um, They didn't have time for that. No, they had no
1: time for it. 24
2: minute episodes or whatever? Yeah, I was about to say 24. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I love how there was, it just was like, seemingly like random twists and turns where it's like, we have a plant people and then the plant people lead you to other plant people that got sick but it's a trap but then there was a guy here who cloned himself and he really just wants to make a bunch of other clones to stop the wars it's just like truly the most amount of twists and turns you could pack into 24 minutes it's like walter koenig was doing like one of those like poem things you do in a fridge where you just take random words and then put them together. It's like planned people, 50 feet. So it was it was great. I loved it though. I loved it.
3: Yeah, no, Walter didn't have an easy time writing the script either. Apparently Gene Roddenberry made, made him like go back and fix things like 10 plus times on it too. So like this was uh, definitely a collaborative thing between the two.
2: That's so Well, that funny. makes sense now
3: that is so
1: funny. he's it's so funny cuz i can really imagine him like slaving over it you know i got to meet him yeah. at star trek las vegas very briefly he's so nice like just like kind sweet guy and i can imagine him just being like oh my god gene is yelling at me over my rotary telephone i have to go back to the drawing board again <laughs>
3: Yeah, but as a result, oh, he was the first Star Trek actor that got a chance to write an episode too. So that's pretty big. You know, I've been thinking
1: about that. I, there's such an uh, uh, obvious history of Star Trek actor actors directing, mm-hmm. but there's such a, a dearth of Star Trek actors writing episodes. I find that very interesting. Feels like
3: uh, feels like uh, somebody should get in there i don't know. i mean i'm sure you know a couple right you can make some suggestions i think
1: <laughs> yeah i should start talking to people about it i mean it's challenging nowadays because the stories especially for discovery for Card, yeah. the arcs are so specific that it it you know we'll see what what strange new worlds turns out if they sort of stick to what they're saying with the episodic stuff but yeah nobody believes that totally we? um <laughs> i am an optimist i'm hopeful but either way, it's it's just challenging, even more challenging. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm I'm very surprised that we don't have more uh, cast-written episodes, especially from from the before days when you know basically you could send a, a, ca- a, a script in to a mailbox somewhere in Glendale, and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Whatever. We got 24 <laughs> of these things. That's I don't true. Know. Yeah,
2: they were doing you know, that for right. Next Generation. They're just taking in scripts well when you're doing shows with seasons that long and it's you're episodic uh there might be some serialized undertones or there may be that one thing that had you seen a past episode but when you're doing show like that well, no, I think it was 26 episode seasons for, for TNG back in the TNG, day yeah y- yeah and so you've got that and for DS9 for Voyagers like people please send us some scripts we're running out of ideas fast <laughs> there's too many episodes here we're, we're dying we need yeah. some filler
3: code, I got to watch code of honor for the for, with a friend he watched it for the first time um and it was Ouch. one of those like I had to explain him Ouch. so some oh. precursor information here. This was written for the original series. This was written for Kirk and Spock. Yeah. That's why it feels the way it feels. And uh, he actually enjoyed the episode, so he's a strange one. Wait a minute, he tell me hit.
2: you didn't start him on Star Trek no. with that. Okay. No, no,
3: we've gone through the original series movies and he's quite enjoyed those, so we're starting TNG okay. now and getting through some of that. He's watched an episode or two of TAS and TOS, uh, but yeah, so he he enjoyed Code of Honor of all things, so. holy moly
0: it'd be great if uh if you could get uh you know approval from wizards of the coast and be like all right so 32nd century season four of discovery we open around a table dungeons and dragons 88th edition uh or (laughs) phasers and phylosions if you can't get the copyright you know there's really (laughs) no
1: reason why it couldn't happen i mean they've probably got you know double holodecks now tng or holodecks
0: tng have hobbies right TNG had I poker. Think, Discovery can have D&D.
1: I think so. I think yeah. so. We certainly have it off screen. If we don't have it on screen, at least I love that really,
0: so much.
2: I was just <laughs> thinking that seems like that one thing that Discovery is missing that would be really cool, and it would be to have a a game or a thing they do, like mm. Max said about TNG and uh, the poker games. They could have something. Yeah, Some, tried like
1: tried you know they land try to party. make, like the uh, a land party <laughs> tried to make the, like the the family dinners happen but they yeah, always yeah i like those
3: they what happened with that
1: misery people get angry at each other
3: giorgio decides to pitch a fit and everything gets thrown <laughs> to shit right yeah, yeah
1: everyone everyone is unhappy when they eat dinner with space hitlers so i don't know why <laughs> easy.
0: or or detmer does the uh, the weird haiku <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. god! Yeah. Everyone's Ooh. just freaking
1: traumatized. Their whole fa- <laughs> all their families have been dead for a thousand years. Nobody's having a good time.
0: Yeah, that's that's so really rough. Back,
3: so going back to Infinite Vulcan, right? The whole concept of TAS, as I'm sure you've read by now, was just that it was supposed to give like a kid show that was going to take some scripts that might have been used for TOS and just like use them there, and it was supposed to keep Star Trek alive until Phase Two could launch, right? Mm-hmm. Did you think that there was anything neat about kind of the approach that you saw in Infinite Vulcan for doing so, or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I thought it's just a really fun like I was saying, it's like fun and snappy and to the point. It's fun to like watch this old animation style, you know, some of it rules and looks so good. Like that especially the opening, like the opening credits look amazing and the opening song absolutely rules. It's like so good, even though it's so short, it's just clearly like one of the best songs with that old school style. It makes you really want sort of what Star Wars has was like a, a Trek uh, anime, you know? I think that would be so sick. I think that'd be amazing. That's that, Watching that opening credits, I was like, oh, this should absolutely happen.
3: Um, and yeah, some of the I animations don't... remind you of like those Hanna-Barbera uh, totally. shows that you'd watch too, right? Like those- Totally. Those purple dragons with the tentacles, yeah. With, that was the era. So yeah, yeah that absolutely. That was, that was Stillmation
0: 20. who went on to do all the He-Man cartoons in the '80s. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's totally that
1: style. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just fun, and it's fun to hear all the the cast doing like voice acting too, and they're all really good at it. You know, like their voice acting is super huh. super strong, which is cool.
3: Fun one for you. So throughout TAS, which I'm sure you'll watch more of. You'll see that uh, Jimmy Duhan and and like ends up doing eighty different voices for different characters yes. throughout it. He oh, keeps getting amazing. reused. Majel Barrett <laughs> does a ton of things. Anytime I they notice a female character, was Nichelle her. I too. So yeah, Nichelle yeah. Nichols does as well.
1: I noticed that I think Nichelle did too. I can't remember if it was. It must have been in this one because I don't think she was in. Yester uh, she did two. I can't remember which two she did. And and. Barrett did. Uh, did amanda and i think like nurse chapel or one of the other people as well yep. which is yep. great i love it because of course I you would be like oh yeah amazing
2: For so it's, it's a challenge yeah. so a story you'll like to hear about the animated series when this was being done and they were bringing back the old actors at the time it was only going to be william shatner leonard nimoy deforest kelly and james Duhann. Uh, Major Barrett, yeah, probably because of course you're the wife of the creator. You're going to be in everything. So, what Leonard Nimoy did in regards to the the casting is that unless uh, George Takei and Walter Koenig had their roles reprised as well, and I know, yeah, believe also Michelle Nichols, he was going to walk.
0: He had to get. He wasn't going two out of three. To do of those and yeah, right, he got, and two, got out two, two out of three, out of three. Yeah.
2: but if if he it was going to be something and i don't know why they didn't i, I think it was a budget it was thing. A budget I think issue it was, yeah a budget issue but he did that he stuck up for him said if i'm i'm walking if you don't if you don't do this it, you've really got to appreciate that from a colleague and co-worker saying this the show doesn't happen if you don't respect and include mm-hmm. this person, that person, et cetera. So yeah, a little background about the animated series.
1: Love that. Love that. What a dude. It's always budget stuff too. That's how all yep. this weird, anything weird or bad that happens, it's always budget. It's budget. <laughs> <laughs> yep, That's awesome. What a great story.
2: Would that, would that be the, the reason why your character, Ren <laughs> in Discovery, had I losing mean, antennas? Was it costing too much for the makeup budgets? They said, you know, if we just take the take the antennas we can shave a little how much did that save per episode I'm thinking hundred bucks well think about it though if
1: I'm around for that long I they got to make a move at some point and they're either yeah. gonna be mechanical which they're never gonna do or they're gonna CGI them which is gonna cost a huge amount of money oh, yeah. so uh, yeah actually it was budget
2: so you suffered a, a budget <laughs> slash literally
1: everyone has every Star Trek actor oh, has yeah. suffered and no matter how big or small has absolutely suffered a budget slash
0: before
3: without a doubt
0: but yours are very visible budget slashes <laughs> right across yeah. the top mr mod yeah.
3: just a little off the top yeah <laughs> hey no but- they grow back right they grow back according to shran right
1: well you know everybody says that but like archer did a clean nice right slash cauterized versus like on. yeah 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 is meanwhile torturing me on a slave planet. i don't think she's gonna let them Also, how disappointing would have been if there's like a whole, you know, montage of me crowing my antenna back, like, yeah, I'm back, and then they blow my brains out (laughs) 10 minutes later. It's like, come on, why don't we do that?
3: I think that sounds (laughs) delightfully hilarious. (laughs)
1: It'd be fun for us, but everybody else might not. Let them
2: grow back, cut them again, let them grow back, cut them again.
0: Like trimming the hedges, just can't make sure that, you know, there's like some elder Andorian walking around, he's got like eight foot long antenna, because they just never (laughs) stop growing. That's funny. That's funny.
1: <laughs> I'll be curious to see if they wind up making them move on Strange New World. I mean they they kind of backed themselves into a corner, so I'll be curious to see what they decide to do with those. How cool would it be to bring in Felon into ah, Strange New World? There Worlds. you go. Now we're talking. Now we're really thinking. Let's see so... if they rat caught him as an anar or not.
3: So, I've got some story for you there then. Let's talk about Yesteryear then. So, Yesteryear, written by DC Fontana, it's generally regarded as the best episode of TAS, right? Tell me what you thought.
1: Before we go go on, I just want to say, the guy's plan to send a super militia through space was just to make Spock big.
3: That's he wanted it. to make a million spots. You want to make a million? Yeah. But,
1: like, the only thing he was going to do is just make them really tall. He wasn't going to give them superpower or mind thing or anything. It was just to make them tall. And as a tall person, I think it was the right call.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. That's enough about that. Th- let's talk about yesteryear.
3: So, yesteryear. Generator Guard is one of the best episodes. Uh, clearly, it's going to touch on a couple subjects that you like. You liked the Andorian representation. It's going to talk about Spock's upbringing, which we see in the 2009 movie. And we learn more about from Ethan Peck's Spock in Discovery, right? Like, what do you think of this episode overall?
1: I love this episode. I like that it's like really getting into just like the meat of, again, it's just like it's right into it right away, which I kind of love. Um, I, I love the mix between... <laughs> between like how serious it is of like you know this young boy trying to like accomplish his his unyielding father's demands sort or of caught between two worlds and then juxtapose that with like the voice of the guardian which was just like somebody they pulled off the street and like shook him as he was like oh
0: through it It's world. ridiculous yeah it's
1: so funny i love it it's so great i wish that that should always be the voice of the guardian uh, so great <laughs> there's jimmy doing um, again is that, is that him? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, he was amazing. the healer as well. No way! I didn't know all that. That's amazing. Yeah. He was great. I, I I love it, man. I just.
2: He could have gone with a different fun. choice for the the voicing the guardian. I just I feel like.
0: You can't he copy Bert Larue in. all that many times.
2: Okay. Bert yeah. Larue's
0: the original voice from City on the Edge of Forever.
2: It's perfect. right on.
0: I yeah. thought it was perfect. I, couldn't, I, I wouldn't
1: have it any other way. <laughs> I love the time okay. travel
0: episodes. I loved seeing, like, Spock get bullied by kids that we saw again in Star Trek 2009. Like, that was mm. a cool, like, they pulled that into the movie. Um, you know, they definitely added a lot of depth there. And DC Fontana was in charge of, like, how Vulcan society was presented. Uh, what's really funny is that in one of her notes she was like Spock has absolutely no siblings end of story and I was like whoa <laughs> well <laughs> uh, but, but uh, they answer that you know he answers that in Star Trek 5 Is like technically I do not I have a half brother so you mean Michael <laughs> technically is just an adopted sister it's not a sister sister
2: well but <laughs> th- that's the same as the Avengers Thor making that comment about Loki that well he was adopted he's adopted (laughs) like you know it's your your brother's your brother I think the whole half-brother thing that was still an omission of of info but in regards to Michael being just this random adopted out of nowhere suddenly Spock has a has a sister at least the way that they explain that at the end of season two of Discovery I thought was was well played.
0: good wrap up. I
3: yeah, still that... stick with the argument that we got more to make Michael's story make sense than we did to get Cybok's story to make sense. Granted, Cybok <laughs> was a one-off <laughs> in one movie, but Cyborg. If
1: you no don't think Cyborg sense. is coming
0: back? I need you are sadly, mistake. I need I young Cybok and his group of zealots. <laughs> In, Come on. in strange new worlds. I have I have the Vulcan robe from Star Trek 4 with the long oh, yeah. hair and the pointed ears. Hell, yeah. I have my young Cybok costume. I'm ready for this. Let's go. I'm
1: ready. I'm, I'll, I'll call my agent to put in a call for young Cybok.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: there was
2: this, uh, this gif I made and it was from uh, I can't remember the episode name in Discovery but Sarek was in it and uh, there was some line he, he had a I think he was asked a question, he said, I did not, but I know that now, something like that. And so the way I I titled it was, when you raise three children and none of them graduate from the Vulcan Science Academy. <laughs> it was like, how do you...
3: Yeah. <laughs> Did you realize that? <laughs> Boy, he's so pissed all the time, man. He just couldn't get it right. Yeah, yeah. having I all mean, these kids. None of his kids seem to be able to stand him, basically, right? Like, we saw the tension between Spock and Sarek in TOS. We saw it between Michael and Sarek throughout Discovery Season 1 and 2. And Cybok and him haven't spoken in decades. And so we like, see it in this yeah. episode. They're not really
1: yeah. getting along. I think he's just a up a bad dad, like, let's yeah. just call it. it. Yeah. Worst dad in track, worse than war.
3: I'm calling it.
2: Oh, that's bold. That's, that's a bold, but that <laughs> that I'm bold.
1: just here yeah. to stir it up. I'm just here to stir the it up. The real
3: <laughs> parent figure for Spock here is Ichea. Ichea was the real, Aww. like, hero of his childhood.
1: Hell, yes. I, yeah. I know I that I, I love that, whatever that thing is with this broken tooth. Great. Just an amazing addition to the Star Trek universe. Now, you say and that Worf I is the bad. I love the. Dad. Oh, wait, Go ahead. So, so, go ahead. No, oh, go
0: ahead. I was just going to be like, you say that Worf is the worst father, and, and while that might be true, I'm going to add on to that and be like, at least Sarek knows his wife's name. We never hear <laughs> Worf's mom's name. We don't know uh, who Worf's mom is. Like I need Star Trek 3: The Second: The Search for Worf's Mom. <laughs> i need to know what that is <laughs> i don't know well,
2: <laughs> maybe in klingon society it's not important it's not a big deal because you're the you're the son of the father and perhaps that's just how klingon culture works is
0: i don't know man.
2: they made a dog
0: tag that had his mom and and his and, and lursa betor and their kid on it i'm pretty sure that like they could you totally know, do that
2: that's my attempt to explain sounds like to retcon something. I try to kind of.
3: Hi, Dr. Phil Flox, also known as John Billingsley, speaking. I am the president of the board of the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific multi-course meals to the unhoused and those in need seven nights a week. We assist as many as 100 nonprofits with their food needs, buttressing, extraordinary social service programs. We work with community partners to address issues of food insecurity here in SoCal. We do lots of other great stuff, but how much time do we have? If you're in L.A., come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare
0: go a long way.
3: you know so what i mean? We live, we live for beta cannon stuff we love
0: that stuff <laughs> we go off on speculation a lot but what i need now is i need to call back to the thor thing and i need i need tilly and michael to do get help in a turbo lift just turbo <laughs> lift opens and tilly just throws michael and michael does her thing and everyone's dead it'll be perfect <laughs>
2: Please don't get me talking about the turbo lifts and discovery. Uh,
3: no, I, it's not. I, you please,
2: know my honestly, beef.
1: For my sake, Big J, I don't really want to hear it. So don't. <laughs> <give him laughs> my, I was dead by that point anyway, so it's not my problem. Not uh, your
0: dog, not your race. We <laughs> exactly. had we had to choose between Noah and the cat, and the cat stayed. <laughs> well, just, oh. I'll, tell, I'll tell you guys what. No, you. The know cat's what's funny. less
1: budget. You know, that's definitely not true. I was way less expensive than that cat. With <laughs> the uh, checks funny and... is, is I always knew that I was going to die, even though I didn't check. I, I made, a, per, I made a, a concerted effort not to check in with production about what his fate was going to be because I knew he was going to die. And I didn't want to find out early because it would affect my performance because I'd be so bummed. But mm-hmm. the number one reason I knew he was going to die is because when you, so you guys probably know this, but when you go on to set, there's what's called a call sheet. And essentially it lists all the actors with a number next to their names. So like number one is Sinequa, Anthony, Mary, Doug Jones, you know, so it's, it's in a rough order of importance. It's not like, you know, one, two, three. I was number 44, pretty good, not bad, right? Grudge was number 20 and i was like (laughs) oh you know i'm dying if that cat is 24 and i was so pissed the whole time every time i would go to set and get that call sheet i just said that motherfucking cat 24 points ahead of me it really it really kept me humble on set it really kept me humble
3: what a performance though right like what a good performing animal uh, oh my God. I thought
2: you were about to compliment Noah, but now you're talking no. about the cat. No, no, I'm, God just, I'm cat. just cheesing.
3: And of
1: course the cat behaved so well for Mary. Did this cute little thing and David and the cat just get along so well. <laughs> Meanwhile, my costume has these rips in it. It's not doing what I'm supposed to. Jonathan Frakes is screaming at it, trying to get it to land. They just in the end have to pick it up and throw it at me. Just truly... The biggest diva I've ever worked with in my career, bar none.
2: Jonathan Frakes. Oh, he yeah. directed. He, he couldn't believe. Well, yeah. Well, no, I know he directed. I just okay. You gotta. It was
1: like, he was like, come up to me, like, Noah, like, can you get this cat to do anything? And I was like, I'm sitting there, like, covered in like these scratches, like, my arms are shaking from trying to pin this cat to my chest. And I'm like, Jonathan, I'm so sorry. And at one point, I was like, Jonathan, can I just like. Because in the scene, I was supposed to like hold the cat, and the cat's supposed to like comfort me or whatever. But it's not happening. I'm like, Jonathan, can I just like throw this cat so I can like deal with Detmer and stuff? And he's like, it would be my greatest pleasure to let you throw this cat. <laughs> Is there someone else <laughs> no animals involved in the making
3: of this movie? And that's not so you
1: played Get Help with Grudge. I didn't say that. It does not. It does not say that at the end of the episode.
2: <laughs> what What was it like to? To be in that that episode and have Jonathan Frakes, someone who's, of course, very well known in Star Trek, he's behind the camera. This is Will Riker giving me orders, you know, having me, (laughs) well, what was that like?
1: Well, he directed two of my episodes, which was amazing. You know, I I consider for the very, very short stint I have had on that show, Mm -hmm. had in Star Trek, to be so lucky. And part of that is that not one, but two of these episodes got to be with with Jonathan and I had been around him before you know with Mary and was so there's a picture of me we're at like a barbecue at um, Jason Isaac's house and I, he's there, and I was too nervous to introduce myself. I was too nervous to just even say hi. And there's literally a picture of me. I'm sitting at the end of a picnic table, and Jonathan Frakes is standing behind me talking to somebody. And Mary saw that like this was the moment for me to get a picture, so she was like, "Noah, look at me." And so it's just like me sitting there, like a little kid, looking at the camera, where Jonathan Frakes is just like randomly standing behind me, and that was like as close as I could get to getting a picture with him um so the whole time that we were on there i was very very glad this was like one of the this was one of the few times where i was like very glad to be wearing that mask the entire time because it really could hide how nervous and how like excited and like how, how much I was blushing and like how I was like, you know, I was too, I was too like distracted to take, say too many stupid things. So it was awesome. And you know, he's everybody on the set knows who he is, you know, not in like an egotistical way, but they know what he's bringing to the show. They know that he's like an authority on all this stuff. And then on top of that, he's just an amazing director. You know, like if you get him to direct something, it's gonna be stellar. He knows his stuff so well. He moves super fast. He knows how to keep the crew motivated and excited. He's just an incredible leader and just an awesome, really, really nice guy. And he's a great um, actors, directors uh, too. He really just knows how to how
0: to get a great performance. And that's why they call him Two Takes Frakes. <laughs> were exactly. there a
2: lot that were just two takes i mean did he live up to the nickname
1: no he he let us he let us work he was more than happy okay. to let us go um i i think especially on this show they really want to get it right uh so there's not always a huge and and setups take so long on this show i, I don't know if what it was like in sort of the you know second gen trek era how long those set but they take so long that you really want to make sure you get them right so he's not rushing you but he will say you know if you got it then he's happy you know he doesn't need to draw something out of you and he he doesn't need to rush It, it part of it is just really good time management you know a lot of the time when you're slamming out take after take, or if is because you lingered too long on something that you didn't need to, or you did a setup, but you didn't quite have it clear in your mind, so they had to redo it once the actors came in, and he just isn't really making those kind of mistakes.
2: You talked about being in the makeup all day for that. That's what I want to ask about, because you hear the, the stories, the war stories of these actors <laughs> that take the, the four, six hour makeup jobs. You've got to come in early. Before the sun is even up, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera. So the question that I've got is what do you do when you're you're sitting in that chair? <laughs> I, I would hope at least you're reclining some. So uh, well before before I continue the question, how long on average does it take?
1: Well look, here's here's what I'll say. You what do you do? That is actually a good question. That a lot yes. of people
2: ask, what do you do when you when you're there? And the
1: answer is you just sit you just sit there there's nothing you can do you can't watch a show because they're painting your eye you're basically painting your eyeballs you can't listen to music because they're putting a full uh mask around you that goes over your ears and there was no ear holes on my mask um you can see that they like on on your picture big j that you know you can't really see any kind of ears protruding out of the side there uh, under the hair because there were none so you couldn't hear anything you can't really talk to anybody because they're painting the inside of your mouth and gluing everything down around and gluing a lip onto your mouth. So the truth is you just sit there. And the only time that they recline you is they'll put you back to lay the mask down flat, but then they need to recline you back up so they can paint accurately as you're standing, not as you're laying. And if you're laying when they sort of airbrush the paint, it'll fall, it'll fall like incorrectly. So you're just Really sitting there and listening to you know whatever random Spotify station is there, and they play the same sp- or, or my prosthetics person Mike, who's who's been in the industry forever, you know he's been doing this forever, amazing prosthetics guy, but he would play the same playlist, so I would know where we were at in the process based on the song that I would hear. I'd be like, all right, well we're we're at this crappy song and we're at this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when i started in the first episode you know i had this um this like white beard that they they had yeah yeah and so that beard the way they put that on they had these long kind of like three or maybe five inch strands of hair of this white kind of hair and they would glue each hair on individually and then cut them up to shape on the face and that added about two hours to prep time so my prep time on that first episode both because when they put on the mask it's just like a light blue halloween mask it looks like trash like it looks like nothing so it's really the painting that gives it life and texture and any sense of realism uh so those especially the first few times it takes a while to get in the groove and understand oh i need to do this first and then that or this is what's going to make it look good or you know if i do this here i won't have to go back and retouch that so it took about five and a half hours for that first episode and then by the second episode it was down to about three and a half but i don't think we ever got it below three and a half in total uh that I was sort of in prosthetics because you'll you'll be in prosthetics you'll go over to hair they'll tape the hair onto the head and then you go back to prosthetics to finish uh so yeah between three three point five to five point five which meant depending on when we were you know starting shooting I would get there at four in the morning three in the morning and uh and then sit in the chair for five hours and then everybody else is showing up and getting a dot of makeup you know david's like just getting a little powder and meanwhile i've been there for eight hours
0: already so <laughs> you go back to your trailer pass out come back to oh, be yeah. you're blocking pass well, that's, out again that's the other
1: thing is that is that wearing that it's different than you know i don't have the experience of having prosthetic pieces like you know like emily has which is like mm-hmm. a piece that's sort of blended into her face or like a lot of sort of you know, older Trek would have, which is like maybe a top piece that goes over their head, or like side pieces that are blended in, but that are really just like makeup pieces stuck on. Because this is a full encased mask, it's a it's a really really weird feeling. Um, your body really has no idea like
0: what's. Whoopsie, that me? Yeah. It uh, could be me for some reason. That's really weird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> no, all good. Um,
1: you're when you're wearing that full mask, your body thinks that you're being devoured. Act. <laughs> it, it thinks it thinks claustrophobia. It thinks, it thinks like something is compressing your head and eating you slowly, so it's constantly trying to put you to sleep, so that you can oh. die in your sleep.
2: Uh, Dying bees. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So so I would not only because I was tired of getting up early, but. I would, I don't really like nap that much. I'm not a big like napper, but without fail. And Doug is the same way when he does his stuff. If he, I would just lay down and like a vampire I'd cross my arms because you couldn't lay on your side because it would hurt the mask. I just put my head back and I would just fall asleep like that every single time.
3: So did you ever so, get a chance to talk to like Jeffrey Combs about his experience when playing Shran, like as another Andorian to Andorian kind of talk or anything? Well, you know,
1: I was at Star Trek Las Vegas and like, I was like, okay i i just have one goal and that's to just like get a picture with jeffrey Combs. it doesn't really matter if he knows who i am like i just like i'll buy a picture whatever, whatever i have to do to get a picture and we're there's like a very small green room back there and we we're sitting in the green room i was wearing a mask and he like came right up to me he's like hey are you the you the new andorian you this guy and i was like holy fuck! he knows who i am it's so cool and i was like yes you know and i i was like you know i i i watched all shran i tried to like base as much as I could off of what you did oh yeah you know and he was telling me you know I sort of thought Well, what he said was he was like you're a little tall for an Andorian because he's he's sort (laughs) of a shorter guy you know and like it's that he they sort of are like this he was sort of describing you know I always thought of them as the Irish compared to the Vulcan being like the English you know sort of like they sort of have this scrappy uh you know chip on their shoulder sort of vibe in comparison especially when he's approaching that first episode and incident which is like mm. so you know just juxtaposing the two of them
2: they're all five just... six and they're all always <laughs> <Exactly>. angry <laughs>
1: well the you know what I, seem taller, though. what I do is i justify that with my beta canon of myself which is saying that he's a chan and i'm a fan and mm. you know so
3: go different Google sexes that. different heights yeah that exactly. makes all sense it's for me
1: so uh uh that's my little retcon, retcon alert. Um, no, that works then, for me. And then, you know, I was asking him about, cause I didn't get to have antenna. So I was asking him like, and I knew that he had this amazing antenna experience. So I was asking him what it was like working with those me- mechanical antenna. And he was telling me about how, you know, him and the guy controlling like the motor controls of his antenna would sort of coordinate to make the antenna and the performance match up which i just thought was so so cool and obviously reads so well in the performance it's just like such a big part of that performance uh so i don't know i i just was like totally geeking out and excited and it was just really cool it was really really cool
3: it's great to hear that he was so connected to the to the property that he's still following like oh he's the new andorian oh let's go talk kind of thing i
1: think honestly it's just because i have like harassed him on twitter for like (laughs) like (laughs) truly once a day i'll like i'll say something to him be like please notice me please love me it worked enough, enough yeah i did i i i harassed him into it like any good fan well, and that's how so, we're here today.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. You're like, let me just get on your show, so you leave me the fuck alone. And... <laughs> no, so here's a fun one for you. So Thelen, the character that we talked about mm-hmm. year right? So in beta canon, there's actually an exploration of his storyline as well. Hell so yeah. There's, Which there's an is in? So it's called The Chimes at Midnight. It's one of the Myriad universes. <laughs> it's a short story, right? Hell yeah. So here's what it does. It takes as though Thelen had always been the the first officer and just continues the story on. Like, what was Wrath of Khan like if there's no Spock? What is the Undiscovered Country like if there's no Spock? All these stories get looked at through its lens, right? And it tells you this, like, kind of- Marvel's what if. Exactly. Well, that's what the Myriad Universes are. They're essentially the what ifs except, like, Star Trek, right? Mm -hmm. So you get this whole, like, uh, most of TOS goes mostly the same, right? Sarek is saved by a different blood transfusion, all that stuff happens, but- V'ger goes differently. Uh, Earth gets devastated, but not completely annihilated. Without a okay. Spock, without Spock there to like mind meld with Viger right? Basically,
1: mm-hmm. basically, it's just like you are totally competent, but you're not actually special. And so you, he's you, better
3: in some ways, though. He's better yeah, than okay. Spock was with regards to terraforming technology. So when they came down to uh, the Genesis explosion, they, dif- they behaved differently. He knew about uh-huh. it, so they were able to cancel it out. Right. Amazing. Right. So nobody dies there. Um, then we get the whale probe, and without somebody to read minds again to read fucking <laughs> things, problems traveling time, and then well, Noah gets if devastated again, right? Aynar,
1: if he was an Anar, if he was an he should be able to do some mind reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's
0: that's
3: that's lightly addressed. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, no. All have, these like, stories mean absolutely
0: nothing. Thank you, Noah. Uh, <laughs> that's
3: what I'm here to do. I'm here to shatter your illusions. <laughs> My heart is broken. Noah, <laughs> but no. So it's it's just a good story. I definitely recommend it. It definitely That's goes awesome. and goes through like how how they interact with with Chang and the undiscovered country, right? Because it's not like he's not a diplomat. Spock's a diplomat. It. Comes from right. It. Well, they Thelin's even in,
1: not. in this episode they really, you know, it's an interesting painting of uh, sort of going back to like DC Fontana's original conception of them as like this sort of warrior race. They almost feel like they're trying to come off as like almost tribal in their, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like they're they're just like all about this sort of war and like warrior spirit which i feel like is a mantle that gets taken up by klingons really uh and so then you sort of it's interesting that's why i sort of focus so uh, one of the reasons i focus so heavily on jeffrey's performance is because like that sort of warrior ethos doesn't totally hold up because it sort of is uh, taken on by the Klingons instead, so you know, later on, it's interesting to see what they kind of build into next.
3: Yeah, Andorians are definitely pugnacious, right? But they don't really seem like they're conquerors. Like they want to, they yeah. they'll vote into the scrap if they have to. They'll kick sure. your ass, but sure. they're not there to take over your planets. Exactly. exactly. I
2: always kind of picture the Klingons as more like your Viking warriors, and the Andorians like uh, I don't know, maybe your Scottish warriors. The Highland Uh, groups and such? The Highland groups, yeah. I
1: always got the Andorian vibe. Like, they're going to come on a motorcycle, they're going to kick the door in of your bar, hit you in the face with a crowbar, you know the, your, the, your girlfriend's gonna hop on the back of the bike with you and they're all gonna drive off that's that's
3: that's the warrior vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and, you're right rest and in and peace, mary mary's ex-boyfriend <laughs> how <laughs> yeah, did that. mary receive that story <laughs>
3: yeah she's
1: she's on the back of jeffrey's bike instead of me oh basically. wait no that's not how i'm but
0: uh. Jeffrey walks in. Hey, pink skin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Brunt FCA, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He
1: asked me if I still said that, and I was like, no, Jeffrey, that's your thing. That's something I'm actually going to leave to you,
0: my friend. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Well, sir, I... uh... I made this little plaque of the tweets that you had oh. mentioned. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to read them. I, I say I made a little plaque. Uh, my crappy printer did a horrible job and uh, the paper's glued to styrofoam, <laughs> but it's a plaque. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, on December 2nd of 2020, you said, the animated series is a total blind spot for me. On August 8th, you said, it's time to come clean. I've never seen an episode of TAS. I will submit Damn, I my don't... formal resignation from Starfleet and jettison myself into the nearest sun in the morning. Little squiggly angry face.
1: I still feel like doing that. Just in general, I feel like I should jettison myself into a sun every time I get up. Well, hold that thought. There's one <laughs> more tweet
0: and there's a box oh, sitting no. in front of you. <laughs> the third <laughs> you one is
1: like, thank you, President Trump. It's like, no, no, don't read <laughs> no, that no, one.
0: no, 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 no. That's the fourth <laughs> one. Um, so. Uh, Triangulum Audio Studios said, "Wait, what's this about? Is someone harassing Knack? Do I need to get my ass-kicking boots <laughs> that that are canon, by the way, out of my shoe closet?" To which you responded, "Ha ha ha You all rule. No, I think it's just in reference to me admitting I've never seen uh, an." An episode of TAS and threatening to exile myself from the Q continuum.
3: Yeah, I'm, just,
0: I'm just basically outing myself for no reason. So that but you're was, also
3: showing your nerd cred while outing yourself. Right? <laughs> <it> too, right? <laughs> Don't and, tell people that.
0: That's my Kardashian you know, side, As through. as a man who is who's who's grown into the concept of being able to admit weaknesses and like you're so <laughs> strong into the fandom, like. I just became a completionist last year. I ain't gonna lie, um, but that was the tweet. That last one there was when I contacted you, August tenth, and I have been working with my bros here to uh, find a way to reinforce um, that that you are you are the coolest person. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you follow us on on Twitter, so you have to be that cool. Um, That's the law. Twitter but law. I I wanted to give you something. Uh, so I sent you the box right. in front of you. So you can go I've ahead and open that. Alright.
2: What's in the box?
3: Wrong, wrong franchise. Brad Pitt's wife's oh, yeah, head. Right, Wait. Alright,
0: <laughs> right, here
1: we go. It's I've got a card. It says... Official nerd card. <laughs> oh. oh, that is Hell nice. Yeah. So I want You've you to got...
0: think of this as... What we're the... not... We're not oh giving my. you back your nerd card. We're just I, letting you know that you've always had it and you'll always wow. be right there.
1: I mean, I like to, you've really picked the two nerdiest pictures of me here. <laughs> it's wonderful. You know, you could have got my glam headshot, but no, you've got a picture of me from 2012 in the middle of lunch. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you guys. It's We've got a little, little keychain here too as well. Yeah, oh, so that wow. I
0: I custom painted that to look like a pad. Oh hell yeah. And that's uh, yeah. a little delta sticker that? on the back. I did. And this is awesome, um, dude. This And is you can awesome. put a little photo in there or something like that. I love this.
1: Oh. Ah, well thank you guys. It feels good.
3: It
0: Dang, feels you
1: are, good to have my nerd card. Don't let
0: the, card
3: the card gatekeepers card. keep you out of any fandom right. you want to be a part
0: of. Right? right. right. Don't, right. don't let them leave you out.
1: Now I can start gatekeeping people and keeping them out of this fandom, what I, I always know. wanted to do. Uh, but
0: now he's going to be like, Beyond Trek said, I'm a nerd, so fuck you, and we're going to be yeah. like, whoa, he's right. Yeah, I'm
1: going to start screaming <laughs> at people on Twitter now.
0: <laughs> hey, hey Dag, uh, got a quick question for you.
2: Is there any way around this part you could, like, do an edit out so I can say hi to my son Nacho. He just stopped by unexpectedly.
0: Well, I think we're going to wrap up because I think we've talked about the episodes. Noah, we'd love to have you back to do another TAS thing sometime.
1: Anytime. Anytime, guys. Cool. Cool. Um, Well, I really appreciate this this is a, a a truly wonderful gift feels good i feel i feel complete there's like a piece of my soul was thank missing you. but it feels back i thank feel you. strong i feel good and uh, this is awesome you guys and and thank you for having me on and thank you for finally giving me excuse to to clear up the 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 empty spot in my heart which was yesteryear and 50 foot spock
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh to the audience thank you for going boldly with beyond trek podcast and this is two vicks by the way just thank, you, thank you thank <laughs> you hey everybody i just wanted to give a quick shout out to our patreon and anchor supporters big thanks to stephanie baker s tam Anne marie jim cook and nora hickson we really appreciate your support Thanks for being a part of Beyond Trek Podcast. We
3: are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile.